0: Hail, Traveller. Be wary in these lands, for the skies overhead darken with the shadows of dragons' wings. The undercrofts overflow with the rise of the dead. There is danger afoot across the whole of elsewhere. Do you venture to brave these wilds? Then come inside, rest your well-traveled feet, and order up around. Share your tales with two of Tamriel's finest storytellers. Here they are now, the Law Seekers, Jibs, and Cash.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, I missed this chair. I so missed it. So did I. Oh,
2: it's so good to be home. It is good to be home. I've missed you, bud.
1: I have missed you, too. You smell a little though. Where have you been? What what's this stench? It's a mix between I'm, old death and poop.
2: Yeah, and a little bit gamey. I've been out in the wilds for about two weeks.
3: Oh,
1: I
2: haven't showered.
1: You gotta fix it. Hey, you want to slow, slow down, The Witcher? You need to get in one of those tubs and take care of that. All <laughs> right, you need to take care of the, that. The Witcher does seem to be a topic lately, doesn't it? It does seem to be. I'm yeah. kind of intrigued. Mm-hmm. I don't. I know zero about The Witcher, so I'm kind of intrigued.
2: Yeah, The Witcher's coming out on Netflix, if you guys mm-hmm. hadn't heard. Boy, is yeah, that not big... lore breaking.
1: All uh, right. <laughs> lore breaking. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah. Well, the barmaid's got a night off. So we brought our own drinks, uh, which you don't normally do. So, but we did. I guess we can because it's our own tavern, right? Yeah. What'd you bring?
2: I, uh, I brought a Cloud Rest Golden Ale. Oh,
3: look
1: at you go.
2: Mm hmm. Ah,
1: well, I mixed, because I'm into whiskey blending
2: now. Oh, God, here we go. I mi- <laughs> here Here comes the adult beverage fail. I
1: brought a, uh... Oh, what's, what's the name of that town? I forget the name of the town. The main one in Skyrim. Riften. I brought a, a I brought a Riften Ale and a Rotmeth. I'm I'm blending those tonight.
2: Oh, for hell's sake.
1: Yeah, man, we're just going all out, you know.
2: Yeah, fermented meat and regular alcohol (laughs) that sounds great
1: so how have you been buddy it's good to be back
2: i yes it's very good to be back it's been uh it's been two weeks um last week we released our seven and a half hours of lore yeah sorry about that sorry about your ear holes (laughs) yeah but um Yeah, we had an off week last week and which brings us into a great week this week because there's tons of news and lots of stuff to talk about and a BP lore lesson. But my week was good. Yeah? My two weeks were good. I rolled a I rolled a stamina necro. Yeah, um, you did. A, yeah, and I made him a bobo. And yeah. That guy hits kinda hard.
1: Yeah, you know, I've heard a lot of He's good been things fun.
2: about mm-hmm. Stam Crows. Yeah, Stamcrows are uh, definitely the poop right now. And um, I, I'm, I'm watching people cycle away from the Necro. Not because they don't like it, but they're cycling away to um, take advantage of some of the changes. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess people play one class for a while and they're like, okay, that's a good class. I'm going to keep that one. I'm going to get rid of this one. I'm going to keep that one. And now I'm going to go back to the one that I truly love. I have not cycled away from Necro yet. Only a few times when we've gone to do some of the higher level content, I'll get back on my of Sork. Right. Just because I suck at the game, and it's a (laughs) lot easier for me to get mad DPS on my of Sork. Sorks are fun.
1: Like, you know, I don't think there'll ever be a time, unless something gets drastically changed, which I'd be surprised if it did. Uh, Sorks Sorks are always going to be fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just for instance, gloves. the other night we went in and did... Um, I went with Hyper Pixie. She was streaming, and we went in and did uh, Blood Rot Forge mm-hmm. on um, Vet Hard Mode. Yeah. And it humbled us a little bit, and we ended up eating it.
1: That's so awesome. It was,
2: yes, it was kind of cool. It was a very, very fun one. And, I, you know, I think my skill level with my Sork is just comfortable, Yeah, Because the rotation's good, it's easy, I gotta self-heal because I'm running both pets. Right. So I do enjoy some of the harder content on my sort because I feel like my survivability is pretty rock-solid on it, but I'm Mm -hmm. really looking forward to giving the same thing a shot on either my Mag Crow or my Stam Crow, and I'm leaning toward that Stam Crow because I can stay ranged the whole time and just like... Launch dead things at whatever we're trying to kill, and stay in the rear with the gear, and just rain death. I can see you
1: really liking that, mainly because of again the ranged that you can you know do with a a stam necro.
2: Yes, and the healing line. Yeah, I really like the healing line. Yeah, and I don't care if I miss a skill or two, you know, uh, and kind of stray away from the meta so that I can. Have some healing on there and some self-survivability because it, right. it really is a powerful, powerful class. And especially with Stam, I was like, whoa.
1: Yeah. Necro's it, fun. It's hard. I feel like um, really, and I I kind of started to feel this way back when they were releasing, or people, you know, were releasing guides that, that they did the playthrough over at Zoss, you know. And uh, it really got a sense that the Necro is very versatile as a class. There's a lot of different ways that it can be played, and uh, you know, four years into an MMO, man, you really—that's—that's that's good to have. You know, that's really, right. really good to have. And um, I like that you're liking that, though. I know we're testing a new—we uh, put out a new build. We put out our first build this past mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Yeah,
2: you did a great job. Jibs is the—he's the he's the, um, the brains behind the build, and I—I I dig it. I think it's a super fun build, and I think it's a very, very viable build. Thanks. And it just goes to show that you don't have to go with the exact skills that, you know, a lot of these top-tier uh, build designers are using. And you can still be very, very effective, but the beauty of ESO is that you can mix and match yeah. and play with things that you like. Yep. You may miss a little DPS here or there, but... Who cares? Like nobody's gonna notice if you're over a certain amount, and you know, for the basic player, for the for the general player, that's out there, that build is rock solid.
1: Well, Thanks, I appreciate that. It yeah. uh, it's fun. It's battle tested. We've done it on the stream numerous times. People have watched it's uh, a battleground build. For those of you who, who for whatever reason, you missed it, uh, this is a Nightblade Bow Bow PvP build. Um, and it's we call them experimental builds. Basically what that is is we this is, it's not meta. It's not about meta. It's about doing new things and having fun and most importantly making sure the stuff is you know, it works and it's powerful. And it does, and it's a lot of fun. We've had a lot of a really good time, so did I say blood rot forge? I don't know. Well yeah, yes. That's what I do. Well, that's alright. It happens the best. That's things.
2: what I do. I screw stuff up. Well, you know, I just
1: Sorry. glossed over it. It's all good. <laughs>
2: blood reports. I'm really uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So we're That's been what gonna, I felt like my soul was rotting, okay?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've been working on, uh, we've been kind of tinkering around with a couple new uh, experimental build ideas. Crazy ones. like The kind that Cash calls you and is like, I had this idea and I'm like, okay. And then he tells it
2: to you and you're like... Let's try it. What? <laughs> <laughs> we're not, let's not say anything about that I'm one. Not, though. I'm I think not gonna, that when that one comes anything. out but these are, you know, they're called experimental builds because that's exactly what they are. And it brings forth maybe an alternative play style for you if that's, what you're, if that's what you're into. So, yeah, maybe not every one of these builds that Lore Seekers puts out is going to be the perfect thing for the meta, but they're going to be damn fun. Yep. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so anyway,
1: um, wow, we have a jam-packed show.
2: Uh, we do, but how was your week? It was a good week. It was a good week. Are you sharing? I probably should. I think you should.
1: Because last episode, so two weeks ago, normally this would be like just talked about privately, but uh, a couple episodes ago, we mentioned or uh, Cash mentioned something about sending every good vibe, every good thought, prayer, encouragement, word, everything to Jibs, because uh, I was having an interview for something. It worked. And uh, yeah today was a good day I got the call I got the job and uh, it's a dream job and changes everything like a life changer you know it's one of those things that you hope for and you don't ever know if it's ever going to happen but it happened so for everyone who who uh, took part in that just, uh, real quick thank you I really appreciate that it means a lot to me and uh, it means a lot to me that you support Lore Seekers the way that you do and that you care for us that much so thank you seriously everyone That's a, that was awesome
2: right and if I could just say something super quick, if there's anybody on this planet, or at least within my world, that deserved the phone call that Jibs got today, it's him. So I'm oh, very proud of man. you. I appreciate. Congrats! That. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Uh, so yeah, that happened. Uh, huge life change. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of. And by the way, that's not going to affect the show. Let, let me address that. It's not going to affect oh, the show.
2: Man, you should have just gone with it. I should
1: have. This gone is with our that. last show. Oh, sorry, it's the last show. Can you imagine the
2: backlash if this was our last show? This
3: is the last show! Oh, my God!
2: Imagine Uh, backlash from me if this was our last show. Uh, (laughs) Does anybody want to co-host the show?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But uh, anyway, no, we may end up... um, We we have talked. We may adjust the day that the show does come out, but I really don't want to. Uh, That'll be kind of like a last... uh, If we absolutely have to, we will, but... We like keeping this on Fridays for you. It's like a it's like a saving grace, you know, Fridays, you, you know, it's the end of the week, and plus you get to listen to Lore Secrets, so it's a win-win. But anyway, we have got a huge show for you, and before we get started, I think introductions in order. Well, welcome everyone, this is the Lore Secrets podcast, this is Volume 4, Episode 10, and uh, we are your hosts, my name's Jordan Butts, or Jibs for short, and I'm joined by my good buddy from
2: SoCal, Cash. I feel like we're spreading the love tonight. I truly yeah. do. Like, like if there's anything, uh, like, if there's anything that crappy happened in your week, just release it. Just let it go, man. Just let it go. Because it's the weekend. It's the weekend. It's almost. the weekend.
1: Almost, yeah. Almost. almost. <laughs> For us, in real time. Almost. 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 In real time, we're recording this on Tuesday because it's the holiday week. We got 4 coming up
2: yeah America. Fourth of July is coming up, so if you uh, happen to be in the states, then happy Fourth of July to you if you don 't then we love you equally and celebrate with us and have some kind of an adult beverage unless you 're <laughs> not an adult then don 't because that 's illegal oh i 'll right, shut up now all right so we-
1: <laughs> so yeah, like I said seven we 're just kind of sorry, I know we 're just kind of chilled out, but really it's just it 's just good to be back it 's kind of getting this is catch up week here on the show. Uh, So anyway, last week, seven and a half hours of lore. I want to tell you right now, if you are using the app CastBox, if you've never heard of it, you should try it. If you uh, open up the last episode on CastBox, everything is timestamped in the description of the episode. So you can actually, in CastBox, just select the timestamp, and it'll take you to those parts of the episode. So you can hear exactly what you want, when you want. And uh, seven and a half hours of lore, there's a lot to digest. But uh, the week before that, we talked your fan mail... We talked guild history updates, guild recruitment tools, dungeon lore on banner Cells, and lore lesson on Pelotene. But this week on the show, this is a news week. I mean, this is the most news we've covered yeah, since San Francisco with Elsewhere. Um, we've got news on free mounts. We've got the Dark Brotherhood Thieves Guild event, Crown Store Showcase. An old segment is returning. We told you we are bringing something back. We're bringing it back. Lore lesson on the Dawn era. Then we're talking... Uh, update 23 scale breaker, just a crazy amount of stuff. But, you know, last week on the show, we told you we're switching things up. We want to hear from you first, right at the top of the hour. And so, it's that time, my friends.
0: I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Crazy. Drink on no, no drink. Okay, wow, he left in a hurry. All right, so, uh, yeah, it's that time. Let's do your fan mail before we start everything off. We want to hear from you. So, first things first, we've got a voicemail here. I think I'm saying this right. If I'm butchering this, I'm sorry. I wish you could read the summaries that Google give us gives us of Google Voice. It's quite funny, but uh, oh, I think it's,
2: we should just read those on a blooper episode because that they are hilarious. That's Google Translator sucks.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's bad, but anyway. For uh, first up, we got Mikeenid, and this is on Cyrodiil. Take a listen.
0: Uh, hey, what's up? It's the Mikeenid from uh, PS4 North America. I just started listening to the podcast. Really like it, actually. Um, but I, a couple weeks ago, I heard that uh, you guys weren't too interested in Cyrodiil, and, uh, and there was more of a focus on PVP battlegrounds. I just wanted to encourage you to check out Cyrodiil more. It is a lot of fun. Um, I run a Nightblade Healer in it, and it's super powerful. I get wrecked Ooh. in Battlegrounds, so maybe that's why I'm bitter about it, but, uh, in, uh, Cyrodiil, you know, you got the, all the siege happening, you're running around, you gotta avoid all the, everything. There's nothing quite like a Triple Alliance battle, at whatever, keep, keep, last one. It's quite incredible, so. You know, if you're worried about it, I'd just say start out on a defensive build. Don't worry too much about offense, because there's so much damage flying everywhere. Uh, People know what they're doing. It's wild. Transmutation, gotta love that. Uh, Yeah. Cyrodiil, check it out. That's all I gotta say. Uh, And thanks for doing what you do. Take care. Wow.
1: Huh. Nightblade healer. That actually sounds very fun. It sounds
2: fun. Yep kind of wow. ganky but at the same time kind of like oh i refresh you
3: you feel better
1: i think i need this i need i need to look into this that sounds really fun that could um, be
2: a good experimental build for you
1: that's really really cool thanks so much mike and it um yeah wow i don't think i've ever heard of why am i this is the first time i'm hearing of a night blade healer uh,
2: no, they're, they're a thing. It's, that's just just a thing? Not, it's just not super meta, but I mean, you know, yeah. in PvP, you can make all kinds of builds that would work for you or are fun for you. Right. But right. I think, too, um, it's not that we don't like Cyrodiil, it's just that for our PvP fix, we prefer uh, to do Battlegrounds. I think I just like the instant action. Although, you know, we, we have played our share of Cyrodiil. We probably could play more. But um, Definitely could. it is an incredible zone. There's no doubt about that. Um, so, yeah, you're right. We probably could play more. It's just we don't have really have a regular group in uh, in our guild that goes to Cyrodiil all the time. So, which I would imagine if we started making that our focus, then that would probably change. But, um, no, we like Cyrodiil
1: i need to do that more I, I honestly wonder if um it's because of when i would be logging in to see with this whole new life change thing i'll probably be logging more in the evenings because normally i was a daytime player because that's just what fit so i think that's why i avoided cyril so long uh, mainly because in the daytime it's a crap shoot you know everyone's working normally so you know it's yeah, like it's
2: perfect time to go stealthing around and stealing stuff yeah that's true yeah, it really is
1: but uh, yeah, I'm gonna look into this. Thanks so much, uh Mike. That's a we're gonna do we gotta we gotta look into that. Uh, alright, so the next one is from Teddy. I remember this guy. This one's on podcasting. Let's take a listen.
0: Greetings, Laura Seekers. This is Teddy Holthouse. I've got a quick question for you again. I was informed that a best one of the best ways in to stay loyal to a series and stay passionate about it is to create content for it. So I'm wondering what kind of equipment and time dedication does it take to start and run a podcast? Could it be done on an iPhone, or does it require something like a laptop or even a PC?
1: Hopefully, you guys are doing well, and even though you like the Old Mary Dominion, we can. I hope that you do a very good job on the show as you have been doing. Blood for the pack, and
3: have a nice one
1: all right teddy thanks so much good to hear from you again buddy uh podcasting you know what i want you to take the lead on this what we,
2: yeah let's this switch. is your realm
1: yeah but you know let's switch it up from your perspective
2: podcast. Oh, I'm, gonna podcast. Give, I'm gonna give this guy some terrible information uh yeah so <laughs> <laughs> uh honestly um starting a podcast it really depends on what you want to put in it um You are going to get out of any type of content creation exactly what you put in it. The one thing I will say is find the medium that you like and stick to it. And then from there, things can progress. So if you want to start your show on an iPhone, because that's what you got, start it on your mobile phone and do it that way. Um, iTunes makes it really easy to upload stuff. The, all the other mediums that we use make it really easy to upload stuff. And then from there, you really are just, you know, kind of picking and choosing what kind of upgrades you want to make and how good you want your show to be. And, of course, there is an entire gamut of things that you can go to all the way from beginner level to more, prof- or more professional setup to make your sound better. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I absolutely agree with it. Making content for a game is absolutely the best way, at least for me, to stay connected.
1: Yeah, it really is. And, and I think, um, you know, this comes from a mentality of, you know, podcasting back, really starting back in days when uh, Star Wars The Old Republic was, was ramping up. And um, so I guess call us old school, I don't know. But, uh, you know, podcasting, if that's your medium, choosing a medium is important. Um, as far as podcasting is concerned, how do you get into podcasting? It's really easy. Uh, one of the things that you would do, and maybe I'll maybe I should do a workshop or something on Twitter or Twitch just to kind of help people understand the the details or something. Just to kind of like so to eliminate the fears because really it's it's not as hard as you think.
2: Um, he, starting he out, does, he does this and he's good at it. So I, I think that would be a fantastic idea for anybody who's interested in. In podcasting per se, because I, I I personally believe that you're one of the best out there for, um, not only being able to teach people because you've taught me, but the ability to, um, have that deep, deep knowledge in how to create this type of content. I'd love to say that I'll teach you how to do videos, but I just don't think I'm there yet. (laughs) Uh, You know what? You probably really are.
1: I suck Mm. at videos. I know my role. You ever, heard, you ever watched uh, old school wrestling? They say, know your role. That that would be me, and it's not video. I I,
2: I, I haven't ever watched old school <laughs> wrestling, but I, the fact that you have is super
0: cute. It's hey, you know adorable. what? We live in
1: Indiana.
2: You
0: shut your mouth.
1: All right, so anyway, podcasting. Um, it's, it's easy to get into. It's hard to master. Um, you are always ever learning, but I will say this. If you're on a budget, and let's say $50 or less is your budget, what you do is you go out, get yourself a podcast or a USB mic, and gets you free software audacity. And from there, you start tinkering, start playing, watching YouTube videos, and uh, just taking it all in. Listen to your favorite shows. Try to do what they do. Try to make your mic sound what it sounds like. And I'm saying not to copy them, but I'm saying to get the ideas flowing. And just get in there and have fun. Because con- audio content, to me, is one of the greatest ways to absorb a world that you love like audio books. We talk about, you know, CDs, it's audio. It's all audio. And it's, that can, you know, that can take your experience of something to the next level in a deeper way. And so, uh, yeah, start out with a cheap podcast, mic, and, um, start watching YouTube videos. That's what one last do. thing. One last thing.
2: Yeah. Whatever you do, and whatever you choose to create content in, make sure you have a passion for that thing. Yes. That's the important thing. Because it does come out in your recording.
1: Yep, it does, 100%. You have 30 seconds. I will say this, and then I'll move on. You have 30 seconds to hook your listener, whether or not they're going to stay or they're going to go. And and especially nowadays, as gamers get even smarter, I see that in podcasting as well. They can pick up really quickly when you are into something and when you're not into something. If you're not into something, they're done. So it's important to be passionate about what you do. So anyway, thanks, Teddy. We appreciate you. Uh, finishing up, we got an email here from Shane, and this is on Leveling. Now, we answered this privately, but I thought it'd be a great thing to bring up real quick here on the show. It says, Greetings, guys. I love the show. Absolutely. Amazing. Helps me through work and home. Anywho, got a question for you. How, I hear how fast you guys level, and I'm curious as to how to go about that. I don't get to play as much as I'd like to do to work and home projects and would love some advice Thanks a lot, guys. keeps it Keep it up. Uh, you bring much happiness and joy to the world. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I love that last
2: line. <laughs> yeah. We bring much happiness and joy to the world. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe Thanks. we could cure cancer or something too. That'd be super. Uh,
1: maybe it was some like groundbreaking thing. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no. Thank you, Shane. Um, you know, first things first, and I know that he does because we talked further. But uh, first things first, we want you to do. Forget power leveling. And this goes to this is just talking broad to everyone listening. Focus on the lore. The people put the time in to make the lore, to make the levels, to make the zones, to make the textures just right. Just for you, to give you that one experience that you only get to have once, that very first time. So, make sure you're taking all the lore first. That being said, if you've done the lore, and you want to power level, here's what you do. Now, write this down, okay? If you're using a 50% experience scroll, you pop one of those, you go to Alakir Desert. You get in a Dolman group, all right? If you're using a 50% experience scroll, it's going to take you one hour to get to level 10. If you're using 100%, it's going to take you 45 minutes, 150, 30 minutes, okay? If the group's progressing normally, all right? From there, you're going to go do dailies, so dungeon dailies. You're going to do the battleground daily. And every day, you do not pop that experience scroll, until you, right before you queue up for your dailies. And then from there,
2: if you want to go do dolmens again, you can. But
1: that's how you power level. Cash, am I missing anything?
2: Nope. Yep. Daily dungeon. Daily battleground. Uh, you can do the dolmens. And if you're, not, if you're new and you're not sure what the dolmens are, those are the dark anchors that drop. They're all over the map. They're everywhere. But there is a particular route that is taken in between three dolmens in the... Alakir, and that is the fastest and busiest route all the time. So, you're going to pop into that zone, and all you got to do is ask in zone chat, How can I get an invite to the dolmen group? Most times, you just type an X or type a Z, and you'll be mm-hmm. automatically invited to those. Yep. The hardest part is keeping up because it moves very quickly, but you'll fill up your bags quick from gear. And especially as a new character, I usually just equip all that stuff. But if you have a full set of training gear, you can just break all that stuff down. But you are going to fill your bags up quickly. And you're going to get a bunch of experience points from doing those three in rapid succession. So that go. is probably Now, it gets a little mundane. I usually only do that from about level 3 to level 10. And then I'm done. Then I'm like, dungeons and battlegrounds. That's my shtick. Mm-hmm. Um, But it goes pretty darn fast. So you can level very, very quickly if you get those two dailies done every day. It goes pretty quick.
1: There you go. Yeah, it's fun to level. Um, I enjoy it. I think we've just done it so many times now that we just innately just, you know, just get her going. But uh, anyway, well, thanks everyone for your emails. We appreciate you. And uh, if you want to get featured in the fan mail section of the show, well, here's what you do. Call us, 765- 382. Cash, what's the last part? Do you have memorized by now?
2: 6961. Come on, guy.
1: You read it. Or email us, loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com.
3: <laughs>
1: All right, well, we're just going to move right into news here. So, first things first, if you want a free audiobook, you want something for free on us, well, we can give it to you. Here's what you do. You go to audibletrial.com forward slash loreseekers sign up for the free 30-day free trial you can keep it going or cancel it either way you're going to get free stuff you get one free audiobook and two audible originals for free on us when the episode's over and you want to listen to something else well audibletrial.com forward slash lore and we made it even easier for you let's go to and at the very tippity top at the nav bar just click free audio book And there's that. Holy crap,
2: there's a lot of news. It's ridiculous. (laughs)
3: Damn.
1: Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, just buckle up. Keep uh, arms and legs in at all times. We're going to take this roller coaster here. So (laughs) starting it off. ESO Live is tomorrow, as of this recording date. We're doing this early again on a Tuesday because of the holiday coming up. America. Uh, But uh, anyway, they're going to be showcasing. If you want to see Scalebreaker for the very first time, And all of you here on Twitch land, we're streaming live at twitch.tv slash Podcast. Head on over. I believe it's at 6 p.m. EST. They are doing a first look at Scalebreaker, and we'll probably uh, reference that next show. So you can look forward to that as well. Break that down a little bit. But, uh, so there's that. So receive an epic Khajiti statue when you gift furnishings this month. This coming just from ESO official. Now, there's nothing like a fully decorated home to lift your spirits after a long day's adventuring in Tamriel. In fact, your home can serve many different purposes, including crafting hub, storage location, training area, and of course, a hearth to socialize and relax. That being said, starting right now, right now, going on through August 1st, if you gift a total of at least 1,000 crowns worth of furnishings, and this is split across at least two different individual accounts, you'll receive... The Cinch Rot Battlehound as a unique collectible reward. Woo. This uh, this statue, I just want to say real quick, it's my favorite thing of all of elsewhere. This was designed by one of uh, our good friends and followers on Twitter, Tim Mrozen. Shout out to Tim, or Mrozek, I'm sorry. Tim, congratulations, by the way. He's had his first baby girl. So. Oh, Yeah. right to yeah. my heart this is one of my favorite things this statue is so incredibly cool it's uh, basically like a jeep holding a mace riding a cinch rat. it's glorious you see them all around uh, you see them all around elsewhere and I need. I need. Yeah. it's really cool but uh, here's what you need to know so uh, gifting must occur between 2 a.m. est on June 24th 2019. And 2AM EST on August 1st, 2019. You must send a furnishings gift to at least two different individual accounts via the, what was it, via the housing editor or the furniture section of the crown store. Uh, the total value of all gifts must be at least 1,000 crowns or more on the same platform and region. Note, not 1,000 crowns per gift, 1,000 crowns total. Two individual gifts that are valued at 500 crowns each would count, as with three gifts, each at 400 crowns, to three different accounts. However, if you sent a gift worth 500 crowns on the PC NA server and another worth 500 crowns on the Xbox NA server, it would not count. You will receive your sent on August 16th. Sorry, right, so long story short, keep it to the same platform if you're going to do this, Okay. And right. spread it out, do it however you want to do it, but just got to gift a thousand crowns worth. Which, by the way, Lord Seeker's been doing that for us. That was really kind. We got some gifts. Did you, yes, did you get it? Yes, we
2: did. Yeah. Yes, we absolutely did. And thank you guys so much. That is really, really sweet. We, I still need to do the same thing. So. No, I'm not sending it to you, Jibs. Why would you even ask?
1: <sighs> All right. Well, I, I, okay. I thought that look I had in my eye said everything, but. Apparently it didn't. Alright, so begin your life of crime with we're just gonna go through this. We're chugging through this news. This is a lot of news, so just follow a lot of me. news. Alright, here we go. Begin your life of crime with the return of the Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood celebration event. This again coming to us from ESO Official. Uh, so this is going on right now. Right now. Quote Commit crimes in the name of the Dark Brotherhood or Thieves Guild during our celebration event, and you'll earn bonus rewards. Alright? The uh, celebration event returns on... It's going on right now. July 2nd. Start July 2nd. Okay. Get on it, man. It goes on through July 15th at 10 a.m. EST. Throughout the event, you can earn the following bonus rewards for certain criminal activities in both Hughesbane and the Gold Coast. Number one. Double reward drops for defeating world bosses. Double reward drops for defeating delve bosses for Gold Coast, Delve, and World Boss Dailies. Double defiled whiskers drops from Ma Lorcage bosses. Increased rewards for completing heists. Increased rewards for completing sacraments. Double harvesting resources from regular crafting nodes. Not nodes from survey reports. Mm-hmm. Note.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's both in Hugh's Bane and uh, the Gold Coast.
1: Good time to farm. Oh, yeah. It's a good time. Note that the Thieves Guild and Dark Brother Repeatable Quests the ones that you get from the tip board or marked for Death Ledger, do not have bonus rewards during the event. All right? Now, it's not going to be an event in ESL if there's not some kind of sale going on. And they got one going on here. So you can get the Thieves' Guild and Dark Brotherhood DLC during this entire event for 800 crowns
2: at the Crown Star. So there's that.
1: Those are good DLCs. I've yet to work through the Thieves' Guild. I've done Dark Brotherhood.
2: Yeah, so I will say this too, and this is this is kind of a lore seekers plug. Uh, if you need a little bit of priming slash lubrication for the Dark Brotherhood event, I haven't done Thieves Guild video yet, but we just released a video oh, on okay. the origins <laughs> going of the Dark Brotherhood, <laughs> and you can find it at uh, our Lore Seekers YouTube channel. Go give it, a, go be, give it a look. See what you think. There you go. You do a really good job on those, by the way. Oh, thanks, buddy. We didn't even
1: talk about that. Did we talk about that last episode?
2: I don't know.
1: Oh, my gosh. All right, so go to YouTube right now. YouTube.com forward slash Lore Seekers. Cash has put together the coolest lore series. It's called... What's, what's it, You tell them. It's your baby.
2: Tell <laughs> it's them. Called, it's called The Road Less Traveled. I'm excited. And basically, what we're doing is we are finding the most intriguing lore books in Tamriel, the ones that we love the most. And we're reading the books and we're telling the story that surrounds the book yeah. in video format. Yeah, so head to good. our YouTube channel and throw us a follow if you dig them. Yeah. He
1: does a really, really good job. Thank you. I guess, kind of fanning out, I guess. Anyway, that's really, really good. All right, so, uh, but wait, there's more. More things to do with this uh, with this event. In addition to the base DLC game packs, ESL Plus members can acquire the Dark Brotherhood Collector's Bundle and the Thieves' Guild Collector's Bundle for 1,600 crowns each. Now, you're like, okay, well, what, what do those have? Well, the Dark Brotherhood Collector's Bundle includes one, DLC game pack, two, Island Wolf Mount, three, Sylvan Nixet. Nixa- pet and four five crown experience scrolls Uh, the Thieves Guild Collectors Bundle includes the Thieves Guild DLC Hammerfell Camel Mount, Kindle Spit Dragon Frog Pet and five more crown experience scrolls. Great to use if you're power leveling. Just saying it's good Uh, finally Zoss is putting a collection of Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood themed personalities and costumes on sale for the duration event. We're going to talk about them a little bit but it's there Right now, actually. <laughs> uh. Oh. Event tickets are back. They're better than ever. Uh, this celebration is also your first opportunity to earn event tickets this quarter. In addition to being your first chance to acquire the berries you need for an all-new Endric evolution, the Onyx Endric. Now, I don't know if anyone has seen this yet, but... this is the one I've been waiting for. And, uh... So it's this all black looking Indric.
2: Oh yeah it is.
1: That's got like these uh, almost like silvery slash white slash metallic tips on its feathers. Uh, Chad chat is saying Goth Indric. <laughs> it's like Spider Man three. <laughs> but uh yeah. Looks really, really good. So if you're into the Indrix, now is your time. Get on it it is available uh, we we'll us see uh, this of uh, the uh, what's her name uh, impresario yeah she'll be out and about you can find her all in the major cities I know she's at Glenumbra um, what's the what's the other two she's at
2: um, she is right outside of vocal guard yeah thank you and it would be Stonefall stans watch
1: Stonefall thank you yep there you go. You can uh, only earn two tickets per day per account, and they'll reset at 1 a.m. EST each morning. Now, you can get tickets for completing a f- the first Black Sacrament. <laughs> the first Sacrament, not
2: Black Sacrament,
1: completed each day. And also, you get an event ticket for the first Heist completed
2: each day. So, anyway. Do you have to successfully complete the Heist? I don't know. Because I suck at that. Really? Is that no. your? Is that your kryptonite? I could like I could do them, but not without somebody knowing that I just stole a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the little like I all the little white caught. NPCs chasing you. It's like yeah. <laughs> I told you you should have left earlier. Yeah, you yeah. did. I probably should have because I am not a good thief.
1: It's really funny you say that. I'm the same way with sacraments. When I go into those caves,
2: and you have to, like, I am not graceful. That is not a thing. Yeah, people that walk around with lanterns. Yeah. I literally want to light every one of them on fire because they drive <laughs> me crazy. When I have to jump into a basket and sit there until they pass and the time's ticking down, I, I just I want, I want to kill them.
1: You want to kill them all, huh? I want
2: to murder them. Okay. Well, it's a game. It yeah. least... <laughs> has nothing to do with how I feel about real life.
1: At least you're honest about it. Kind of. Ah, but anyway, write (laughs) write your free Doom Wolf mount into The Elder Scrolls Online elsewhere with this special uh, Legends promotion. Long story short, I'm going to try to cut to the chase on this one. Log into Elder Scrolls Legends, the card game, from June 28th through July 14th. And if you win three matches in any game mode, you get this mount, The Doom Wolf. There's no purchase necessary. All you got to do, log in to play. Uh, when, the promotion co- when the promotion period is over, a code for your Doomwolf will be sent via email. Um, by the way, make sure you register a bottle, uh, Bethesda.net account to earn your reward. Additionally, you must opt in for email communication from Bethesda.net. So there's that as well. Doomwolf, do you have a Doomwolf yet? I do. You do? Well, you're one up on me because I do.
2: All the things. Yes. i addicted.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a natural state.
2: Of I go to work yeah. for two things. To feed my family and to buy freaking crowns. And to buy crowns? <laughs> Pretty much.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I feel like I'm going to be right there with you very soon. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so yeah, there's that. If you want to get the Doom Wolf, they're very, very cool. Uh, it's a... A oh, Black Wolf with red glowing eyes. Very, very cool. You know, I am I just deleted that
2: Legends app. I'm going to have to get it again. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I should do the same. I, here's the one thing about Legends I will say. I'm not a card game guy. Yeah. I did enjoy, like, the beginnings and stuff until I got, like, to the real competition. I was like, oh, this, I suck at this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm super bad. Well, yeah. Not the movie. At the card game. But you know what? legends is absolutely crushing what's that concept art
1: oh my gosh yes i'm glad you said that that art is
2: ridiculous how do i know this because i'm putting videos together and such content for elder scrolls online and i do a lot of google searches for images holy crap Whoever yeah. is doing the artwork for that? Not that the Elder Scroll stuff is not good because it's fantastic, but oh my gosh! Like all different types of characters that are not necessarily meta, yeah. smaller things that you you know you read about in the lore. Kind of these mm-hmm. are all becoming, um, just these beautifully rendered cart. No, I can't even say cartoony. It's just uh, almost like portrait type art. For Elder Scrolls Legends, because they, they need art for their cards. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff gets set on, and, and also um, for their storyline. In the app, yeah. they, they go through a storyline, and this art is featured. If you haven't seen it, just Google Elder Scrolls Legends art. It's insane.
1: It's so good. Yeah, I've used some of that for episode covers. I mean, that's...
2: Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. In fact, that's what our Shia Gorath uh, episode cover was, was Elder Scrolls Legends. Like, Uncle hey, Shio. Oh, my gosh. I think that's a one Deidre Prince that I can just... I could punch in the face and not feel bad about it.
2: I'm with you. He's you know what I mean? super freaking annoying. Hate mail!
1: He's <laughs> <laughs> about as bad there's as Balak ballback.
2: There's a lot of cheesemonger lovers out there. Tons. He bugs uh, the crap out of me.
1: I liked him in the cat... The cat thing, that was kind of cool, but I don't want to talk more about that. Anyway, alright, so next up, the next couple, we're going to be going through here because they are just kind of meaty, so we're going to be going through the article with you. Uh, especially the Update 23 preview because that dropped late today. So we weren't able to get in the show properly like we normally would. So we're just going to be going through these. So the first one up here is the Crown Store Showcase. Now, this is for July 2019. This is coming to us again from ESO officials' website. So, July 2019 Crown Store Showcase.
3: Looking pretty
1: interesting. They say, quote, A majestic home, fiery cinches, dragon hunting styles, and more make up July's Crown Store offerings. Take a peek at everything that's hitting our in-game store right here. All right, now I'm going to get through these, and Cash, we can pick through these how we want. Uh, I just want to get through the ESO Plus exclusives here. So first up, if you are an ESO Plus member... And if you've been a member for a while, you know we've been getting free statues every single month. They've done a great job of, put, of putting these out, and they look great. Uh, this month is the Periite. Peri. Per. How do you. Is it's Periite? It's Periat. Okay. It messes with you because it's one Y. I mean, like. Yeah, it doesn't
2: really mess with me that much.
1: Well, you're a dick. All right, so it's the uh, Taskmaster statue. <laughs> Uh so the quote a miniature statue of the Daedric Prince Periite, the Taskmaster. That was a really good quest line, by the way, and elsewhere connected to that. Good stuff. Uh show your reverence for pestilence and the natural order by displaying the statue in a central location in your own abode. The Periite Taskmaster statuette will be available in the crown store for free. Exclusively ESL plus members. So you can look forward to that. Next we've got
2: Did you did What? Did you do slur?
1: Did I slur?
2: Yeah. I don't think so. It's available exclusively at the crowd
1: Star. It's
2: free. Periite, uh, Fang Fanglayer. I believe at the end of Fanglayer. Yep. Is where so find you the final see, balls? Yes, correct. Yep. Periite.
1: I can confirm I did not slur because I've been chugging a lot of water and not a lot of whiskey. All right. So there's that. That's, That's right. Out.
2: Well, I'll give it to you. Periite is one of the weaker. Adric Princess. Just a you know, really little insy beancy bit of loreful.
3: Just a little insy it.
2: It's just a little tiny little a bit of little, bit little, little, bit little, little bit. itty bitty Daedric <laughs> Prince. He's kind uh, of a he's kind of a wussy. Got a long neck.
1: All right. Uh. So anyway, Crown Gem exclusives—they're back. Not a fan, but they're back. Blazeborn Cinch Lion, That that is an awesome mount. That's an awesome mount. Cash.
2: He is on fire. And it's...
1: I'm not a fan of the Crown Gem exclusives. I think I've made that clear. Uh, beautiful mount. It's the lion that you get from completing all the uh, achievements within uh, Sunspire. Except it doesn't have the ice. It's all fire.
2: Yeah. So um, I'm going to tend to agree with you on the, the uh, Crown Gem exclusives.
1: I'm not a fan. uh, I'm not a fan of gating. I'm
2: not a fan of that. Yeah, it can't... I'm not saying that it's a pay-to-win thing, but if someone's on a budget... You gotta pay. You have... It's definitely an accumulation over time of crown store items that you break down because you either already have them or don't want them. Um, And if you can only afford crowns from you know maybe you buy once a year you're not gonna be able to get something like this so i kind of i get what you're saying i get where you're at
0: it does i just
1: yeah yeah i i get frustrated because i feel like there has to be a way to do this better because and i'm just i'm not gonna get on my high horse again uh soapbox from the other night but i'll just say this um not everybody can afford your crowns. Not everybody can afford your crown store. Not everybody can afford it when it's on sale. And putting these amazing looking mounts, this is the second time that, they've done, that this has been done. These are amazing looking mounts. Like even above and beyond what's available for the month. It's on a whole nother level of awesomeness. You are gating this to your community that loves you. They want to love you. There has to be a better way for you to let them love you. Because this is, you can't put, this is 100% behind a paywall when you do this. It is 100% behind a paywall. And the only way you get it is by spending money. So, I just, oh man, I want this to be better. Because I love you. I love you so much. Can I play (laughs) devil's advocate here? Sure.
2: I don't know that that many people would want the Blazeborn Lion. Okay, but go back to the. Uh, oh wait, there's what's the
3: reason? Okay, all right.
2: Okay. He's on fire. I guarantee you. See, I now I know conductive heat. I may know a thing about conductive You're heat. Afraid it's going to burn the groin. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. That this might burn your butthole.
1: Well, you know, so. if it singes your nuts, you know, just know that it was from your mouth. All right, oh, that's all. I, that's, that's all I got for you. That would be worse than drowning. That being said, there's also this Sunspire Ice Fire Cinch Club. It's so freaking cute. Yeah. It's just the cutest thing. Chat on Twitch, isn't that just the cutest It's the cutest mm-hmm.
0: thing. It's a naked
2: little kitty cat that you cannot it's pet because it will both burn, it will ice burn, and hot burn your hand.
1: Yeah. It looks so cute. So, anyway, Crown Gem exclusives. Whether they not agree with it, it's a thing that's currently in the game and it is available. So be sure to check these out. All right, so next up we got adornments. We got the adorable assassin hairstyle coming back. Uh, if you're into that, that uh, it's cute. I like it. Um, it's a nice, uh, cute little hairstyle there. Little part, you know. Little, like this is awful. I'm trying to describe a hairstyle. Uh, it's a thing and it looks good. All right, yeah, so next. I, we I feel cost. completely segregated right now. So do Appreciate I. That. Well, I'm right there with you. <laughs> Look at the cameras. All right. So anyway, costumes. Uh, we got Naryu's Morag Tong costume. It's coming back. It's awesome costume. It looks very, very good. Uh, we got the. Feel free to cut in any time. By the way, don't feel like you can't because this is very, this is very open ended here. Uh, Shrike's nocturnal frock is available. Uh, the high collared coin ball gown. That's really pretty. That almost looks like an a Victorian dress. Okay. I mean I don't I don't roll female chicks.
2: But you know, But you'd be it's pretty glad to wear that on your dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it out. And as a man I'd probably wear the soiree and Camlorn evening suit, which is a little more of a masculine outfit. Lady Eloise says the highborn Breton prefers clothing that is elegant but austere. Harkening back to the high rock tradition of knightly orders, militant but chivalrous. That's about all I'm going to read of that. All right, anyway, thanks. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. They're all available. <laughs> That'll be available uh, July 18th to July 22nd.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Personalities. we got the brassy assassin personality. This is basically to coincide. With good old Naryu, her uh, personality, coming back. Uh, Hips on the side, nice and sassy. That's Naryu for you. So anyway, that's coming back. For crafting, we've got the crown motif, Cold Snap Goblin. I like this. You're going to get this from the uh, Cold Snap Goblin crafting motif. It'll be available in the Crown Store for all platforms starting on July 17th at 10 a.m. This crafting motif will also be available in-game starting on July 17th has a chance to drop in the Frost Vault dungeon by defeating the final boss, Stonekeeper. It's guaranteed drop by completing Veteran Hard Mode. What else we got, Cash?
2: Outfit style. This is the Elder Scrolls artifact, the Skull of Corruption. It is amazing. It looks like kind of like a bony-looking. It's got horns on it. Uh, it's a staff. Yeah. Uh, at least that's the one that they're showing here. But um, it looks really bitching. That one will be available July ten through July fifteen. It's cool looking. Yep. Then there's the Mighty Chudan Arms Pack.
3: Yeah. Meh.
1: Meh. You get a
2: Hajmoda, It looks like something that you want to kill. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Looks like some of Godzilla.
2: Yeah. So you get the uh, on you get the um, complete set of outfit styles for the Mighty Chudan, and that will be available July thirty first through August twenty eighth.
3: Mm. Next one go. is
2: the uh, Elder Dragon Hunter Armor Pack. This one is a little more bitchin'. Um, that'll be available on all platforms starting July twenty fifth, and then also there's the Elder Dragon Hunter Arms Pack, which is a very very intricate set of weapons with like different looking blue hues, lots of scales. It's very dragony. Yeah. And that is available the same time, July 25th, starting at 10 a.m. EDT.
1: You know, something I'd really like to see is colored versions of that. So not just the blue scales, but like red, orange, black, white.
2: Yeah, for all the different types of dragons.
1: Yeah, dragons. Uh, so, yeah, for events now, like we talked about earlier, the uh, Impresario was back with event tickets. Uh a ticket to, can be used to purchase rare goods from the Impresario. Uh, I'm curious as to what goods? Well, chat with her and see what she has to offer. She'll, uh, single event tickets will be available in the Crown Store on all platforms during the Thieves' Guild and Dark Brotherhood Celebration event from July 2nd to July 15th. Now, I've yet to be able to log in today, so I really need to see what she's selling. So there's that. Uh, furniture? Ooh, yeah. Okay, now we're getting good. Yeah. Now we're getting good. All right, so first up, we've got the Sithus Dreadfather statue. If you have not seen this, it's amazing. This it quote: "Hail to Sithus! Bloods drop on blade's edge before you. Nothing behind you. The void. Catalyst. Agitator. Many fanged maw. As for within your abode, perhaps this impressive statue. This will be available from July eighth to July 11th. I'm like looking at
2: my watch going, what is the date today? Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, dang it. We got a few days left before the Dreadfather statue comes out, but this thing is bad.
1: It's so incredibly gnarly looking. I mean, like this is a necromancer slash Halloween home. Perfect furnishing item. Looks so, so
2: good. It's it's gnarly. I mean, if you think of what the Dark Brotherhood represents... And then you actually see the rendition of Sithus and what he's supposed to look like. Yeah. It's freaking terrifying.
1: Yeah, it really is. It yeah. really is. It's unsettling. So I think this statue goes for like, uh, what was it, like close to a thousand? could going to be wrong. I don't know. Maybe 50. No, it's more than that. It's, I don't like, know. Th- it's like 3K. I don't remember. Anyway. Oh, uh, 3K. Next- God. Next, we got the else... That's like, lop Do not off quote nut expensive. I fr- <laughs> Did I say that out loud? But it's worth it. You only need... To- All right, I'll move on. I'm not even going to finish that. Uh, elsewhere Oasis Furnishing Pack. This will be available July 11th through the 22nd. If you're looking to pretty much bring elsewhere to your home, there you go. It says, quote, Bring the stark beauty of an Enequin uh, Oasis to your courtyard with this bundle of elsewhere plants and statuary complete with a luminous fountain blessed by Joan and Jode.
2: I'm not going to lie to you. This is a super random fact. When you said aniquin, aniquin, it like made me super excited to go do Northern Elsewhere on my stamp crow. I'm just saying. I like had like that feeling in my gut. Like, Ooh, I still yeah, get it to go to feels, <laughs> not
1: <it>? Yeah, man. <laughs> brings back the feels. This, uh, this is a really cool furnishing pack. The statues are awesome. The, um, we have a statue of what's that first stock kind? Um, Alma, Alma Rot? Pomerot. Pomerot. That's what it is. Correct. The, the huge Khajiit.
2: That's a huge. Forget it. Yep. Yep. Forget it. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to finish that with, and this is a family show.
1: It is a family show. We're trying to we're trying to keep it that way at least. <laughs> trying. So uh, next, you got the Dancing Among the Flowers Fine Music Box. This will be available from July 25th to Twilight. It says, "Quote: When activated, this item plays a music box, arra- box arrangement, the soothing Dancing Among the Flowers Fine composition." Next, and quite possibly the most unique thing out of this Crown Store Showcase cash is.
2: Oh, I was look. I was like totally stunned looking at that picture. <laughs> Oh, which, the, I was like oh my god The Jode's Embraced Home Available in the Crown Store for a limited time Wow that's gnarly dude July 11 through July 22 And I'm going to read this Few adaptoriums can match the hallowed majesty of Jode's embrace Rumor has it that the temple's worthiest occupants Can peer into the sacred realm of Jode itself Just keep an eye out for dragons overhead This Place looks like a modern day Asian palace. Like it's huge. Yes, the inspirations from this are f- fully far eastern and it's bitchin' looking. I want to see the inside of this pretty badly. Mm-hmm. This may be a purchase because I've been waiting for something uh very large and Khajiit. To start decorating.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. New Guild home. Could be a thing. You don't know what we'll do. Yeah, I don't know what we'll do. Uh so what makes this the most unique possibly ever, as far as home purchase is concerned, because guess what? You purchase this home, you're gonna get a free t shirt. It's a completely free and it's exclusive to this purchase. So it oh, is Oh, that's the a
2: dirty trick. Else, that is a dirty
1: is. ass trick, Zoss. It is dirty. Oh. Elsewhere, t shirt. Uh, this is how you make sales right here. Because you know people are going to want the exclusive tea.
2: Yeah. You did good. You dirty. You did really. You real dirty. Man.
1: You did the dirty I love, and t- it's I good.
2: love Zoss t shirts. I seriously do. No.
1: Oh my gosh. I was just looking at them yesterday at the gear shop. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, there'll be more details about the special promotion uh, the week of July 8th. The t shirt, by the way. <sighs> Why, is this good? Why does it have to be so good? Uh, two moons. Joan and Joan. But Cal Granted is there in all his glory. The silhouette of him, at least.
2: <sighs> He's a wuss.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And that, my friends... Oh, wait, no, we're not done. Oh, my gosh, there's more. Uh, for mounts, we've got the Piebald Des- Destrier Horse. Uh, it's basically a spotted horse. For pets, we got the Breton Terrier. Shout-out to you, Depp. This reminds me of your puppy. I believe you have a terrier, so... Anyway... I think it's a Chihuahua. Chihuahua? Yeah. All right. Well, I was—I uh, was put my best foot forward there. <laughs> um,
2: I got something uh, to bring up here before okay. we close this off. Okay. And it was something that was sent to me from a couple of our lore seekers, and thank you very much for bringing this to my attention. We have a removal of existing Crown Store items.
3: <gasps> oh, you're so excited!
2: <sighs> I'm not going to go through the whole list. <sighs> All I am going to say is that among these items, finally, finally, the Zen Vengeance Kiss Me Not cap, that hideous piece of don't bring your face anywhere near my headpiece, is finally leaving the crown store. And I pray to Joan and Jode that it is forever. Forever. Because it's, it is not good.
1: In other words, it's the hat that looks like the chick from Suicide Squad.
2: That, too. That I've never seen anybody wear. So,
1: thank you! Now, that being said, whoever made it put a lot of time and effort. They did a great job. But look, all I'm going to say is this. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Oh, thank God. No doubt. It's, it's going away. But, um,
2: your hat sucked. There's that.
1: The home first... So, that being said, uh, home furnishings are on sale from July 2nd through July 16th. All crafting station furnishings will be on sale. Uh, From the 16th through the 30th, all dining furnishings will be on sale. And from July 30th through the 13th, all conservatory furnishings will be on sale. And that, my friends, is your Crown Store Showcase. But wait, there's There's more more news. Oh my gosh, my friends! So, ah,
2: uh,
1: ooh, I need a, I need a, I need a breath.
2: Just uh, take a sip. It's the same thing as a breath. Yep, it restores oh, I got life.
1: Left. I'll, got left. I'll take a little. Left. All right, so this is the final article of the morning. Whew, man! this is a lot of news. You listen this long? Wait till you get really to the lore like lesson. Us. Wait till you get to the lore lesson. So, yeah, Scale Breaker and Update 23 pretty pre- preview. It's coming to us from ESO Official. So, this dropped late in the day. All right? So, we're going to go through this article together. I have not read this. I don't even know what's in this. Oh, Except it's good. for quality of life changes. That's, that's all I know. All right, so, quote, The rage of dragons threatens beyond elsewhere. An all-new Season of the Dragon Adventures... Await Tamriel's Heroes. Learn about the upcoming Scalebreaker DLC, and update 23 base game patch. All right, so Scalebreaker DLC game pack is coming soon to the in-game crown store, and ESL Plus members are going to get it for free. It includes two challenging PvE dungeons, Moongrey Fane and Lair of Marcel Oh, my God. Update 23 arrives alongside the new dungeon pack and brings a host of quality life improvements for all ESO players, including updates to battleground maps. What? Uh Oh, my gosh. Multi-crafting. Excuse me, what? Multi-guide trader bidding. That'd be
2: multi-guild trade bidding.
1: Oh, okay. Thank you, thank you. Uh, A revamp to undaunted keys and rewards. Oh, okay. And more. All right. All right. So here we go. Um, new season of the dragon stories with scale breaker you can experience two new stories that explore the aftermath of elsewhere chapter and consequences of the emergence of dragons from the halls of colossus oh my gosh that's a loaded sentence dude Yep.
3: <sighs> okay
1: both new dungeons feature adventures that are related to the epic year long narrative but also stand alone as unique stories in their own right
2: Deep within the ancient ruins of Moongrave Fane. Sorry, dude, I can't let you have all this glory. Thank a you, former member of the Dragon Guard. Thank you, Lord. Dragon Guard <laughs> is going to be part of the Southern Elsewhere lore. I start this again. Deep within the ancient ruins of Moongrave Fane, a former member of the Dragon Guard and his fellow vampires of the Hollow Fane oh, clan. My.
3: Gosh, vampire
2: have felled and captured a dragon. However, oh. they wish to do more than simply destroy the humbled beast as the clan prepares a ritual to drain the dragon of its blood and gain its terrible wonderful power.
1: Oh my gosh, look at that picture.
2: It's a werewolf with dragon wings. Yeah. Oh my Dude, gosh. I am not kidding. The oh. the developers Oh The brain is firing on all freaking cylinders right now when it comes to creating this content, you guys. This is insane. This is insanely new lore that's being written right before your face for the Elder Scrolls universe. This is why... This is why we are fanboys when it comes to this game. Because the, the level that these folks are creating this content is incredible so yeah you you choose your own path we've chosen ours
1: wow 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 okay um all right so neighboring elsewhere gratwood's Elden root tree is threatened by a deathly corruption what that originates from the nearby jungles of tinmar and the lair of marsaloc holy crap they're bringing this to base game Gratwood's yep. protectors have tried and failed to destroy the dragon at the center of the Blight, so a truce has been called between the forest spirit Selene and her captor, the warlock Carandon. Together and with your help, they must attempt to save Eldon Root before the corruption can spread. Dude, we asked Rich, are the dragons getting out of elsewhere?
2: Yep. And what did Here he say? Is. What did he say to us? You have to wait and see. You're just going to have to wait and see. There
3: it
1: is. Dirty
2: birdie.
3: There it is.
2: Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Pretty, you can complete the- pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. From yeah. a lore perspective, you guys, this is massive. To this Jibs is huge. And I, so.
1: This is great. This yeah. is gold. This is gold to us. Uh, you can complete the layer of Marceloc and Moon Grave Fane Dungeons in normal, vet, and vet hard mode difficulty. Oh.
2: Daddy. Brady, do you have an easier version than normal? Because that's probably where uh, we'll start. Uh, <laughs> tutorial. Baby ver- <laughs> Baby version.
1: <laughs> can we just face imps for bosses, please? Uh, within these four-player PvE challenges, you can uncover unique rewards such as powerful new item sets oh, and amazing collectibles including furnishings, mementos, and a pet and dungeon. Uh, simply by entering either of these two new dungeons, you'll earn the Dread Ar- Arlian mask style page.
2: Aurelian, Yeah.
1: Aurelian, Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Dude, the way you so, said
2: mementos, that made me laugh too. It's like, mementos, the fresh maker.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> too good. There's a bunch of quality uh, of life improvements that are coming to you guys. It's actually a really good update arriving free in tandem with the new DLC dungeon pack, update 23 features useful quality of life improvements in addition to the usual fixes and balance changes the first is multi crafting with multi crafting you can now craft deconstruct and refine multiple items at once simply oh, indicates how many items or how many times you wish to perform the crafting action and it instantly does it all this is great if you're working to quickly improve your crafting levels and clear out your inventory and you can make fast work of stocking up on potions or completing writs or if you need to start your crafting and then go take a pee. Remember? It says it right there. What, about the pee thing? Yeah, if you have to pee, then you Yeah, hang on. I
1: think it's fine print. Quick okay. note, if you have to use the Porta John from the yeah. Mexican food you ate the previous night. Okay, great. There you go. Right. Uh... I'm just going to say this. Remember all those months ago when we said at this point in the game, players should not depend on add-ons to get a full experience?
3: Uh-huh.
1: There is an add-on called Multicraft. Ooh. Look what's coming to the game, not folks. Not anymore. <laughs> Look what's coming to the game. Thank you. This is what we need. Yep. This is what we
2: do. This is what we do. Yep. <sighs> You're right. Here so. we go. Mm-hmm. Start you it up. Just start it up and go poop. You're Let good. it
1: ride. Let it rip. Come right back. It'll be almost uh, done. There you go. Wash Multi-bidding your hands. for, yes, extensively, two minutes. Wash that, your hands. Or do you go through the Get ABCs? Get under the nails. Is that where that goes? Yeah. Under the nails. There you go. Uh, with update 22, uh, 22, I'm sorry, 23, you can have your own guild bid on up to 10 different guild trader locations each week. Priority is given to the location with the highest bid. And if you miss your first preference, the system checks your second, third, and so on. Oh, my gosh. Once you win a bid on a guild trader, all other bids are refunded back to your guild bank. With this addition, it is easier to ensure you get a guild trader location you like, as long as you have the gold to bid. That's great, man. I love this so bad for the guild traders.
2: Yeah. Uh, they, when they do quality of life improvements, they're usually pretty substantial. And these are good ones.
1: These are very, very good ones. Uh, and then, here's the part that really interests me. This is gonna get real fanboy here for a second. Alright, Undaunted Keys and Rewards Update. <sighs> this new update also makes it easier to manage your Undaunted Keys and provides more ways to spin them.
2: Excuse okay. me, What?
1: With update 23, undaunted keys are now listed as currency, meaning they are in the currency section of your inventory instead of individual inventory items. Thank you. Uh, oh, my gosh.
2: One more slot.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Never again will you lose track of your keys. In addition to acquire monster shoulder items, you can now receive undaunted coffers. From the different undaunted quest NPCs instead of using the chest in the middle of each camp. Oh so,
2: okay, so hang on so, a okay, second to acquire monster shoulder items you can now receive undaunted. test <laughs> in the middle of each camp. Okay. Does this mean that they are account wide?
1: You can now receive undaunted coffers from the different undaunted NPC quest NPCs. Uh okay. Is it based okay, on the it. one before that. Oh, before that? Yeah. They're listed yeah. It sounds account-wide to me.
2: Currency meaning that they are in the currency section of inventory instead of individual inventory items.
1: All count all currency is account bound, they're saying. Yeah, but that's not true for alliance points, it's per character. So, I don't know. <sighs> that would be well, I'm sure interesting. I'm not sure yet. Trust Yeah. All right, let's keep let's keep reading. These coffers contain the usual items you receive when turning in keys, but you gain new options too. The Undaunted NPCs also allow you to spend more keys on specific coffers from paired dungeons. The pairings are based on the dungeon's release or relation. For example, you can spend additional keys to acquire a random coffer from the Imperial City DLC dungeons. In this case, you'd have a 50-50 chance to receive either a Molokina or Lord Warden shoulder. Another pairing includes the monster shoulders from both versions of Fungal Grotto. This increases your chance of finding the monster shoulder you want, but costs more and still has some risk. Finally, the Undaunted NPCs also offer coffers each month, I'm sorry, monster shoulder style page for a large amount of keys, allowing you to immediately gain the shoulder style page, or I'm sorry, shoulder style you want, but you still need to venture into
2: the dungeons for monster more, more, uh, More options, though. Which makes it great. So so maybe you're not spending 30 of your keys to get 29 pieces of crap that you don't want before right. you get the piece that you need. So I, I, this is a good thing. I mean, it's going to increase your odds. You might have to spend a few more keys, but it's going to increase your odds of getting exactly what you want. That's good. This is,
1: uh, yeah, I, I want to see this further fleshed out like i mean as far as information for us because you know right now i'm I'm, the wheels are turning like okay so
2: what you know what what amount are we looking at you know what i mean do you know what i want to see i'll flat out tell you what i want to see you want to make it a little bit more uh a little bit more like you need more keys fine but i'd rather see it be like a vendor where you get to choose what what you get like hey this is the one i need i realize i have to run 10 more dungeons to get it or 5 more vet dungeons to get what i need but i want to be able to click the button and boom now i have the shoulder piece i need could be here's here's a reason i don't see i do not see a good enough reason for them to make everything you know semi gated to where yeah. It's all chance that I get the shoulder piece I need. I'm still going to run dungeons. Don't you worry. I'm going to run them because I dig them. They're awesome. If your dungeon sucked, I could see a system like they have right now in place. But to refine it and to evolve the system, it can still cost the keys. But I want to be able to pay an increased amount of those keys to get exactly the piece I want. So I'm not coming back and having to spend 30 keys and, and getting skunked because that drives me insane. And I know I'm not alone.
1: I, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Um, I would be really intrigued with a vendor, not just right. in that sense, but also in other features as well. I'm talking mounts. I'm talking other things. I would really like to see good, good freaking idea. I would really like to see more incorporation of, of, uh, currency based vendors in elder scrolls online
2: yeah and dude if it's a grind i mean i'm not kidding you like in other games grind is real grind sucks in other games but in this game it's it doesn't seem that bad the game is so intriguing to me that any grind there is out there even sigic dude even sigic i don't mind that grind it's so good so, because we love the game. It's because we love the game. I, I, I guess you're right. But I'm, there's plenty of other games out there that I've loved. I mean, not quite as much as ESO, but right. I just don't feel that anything I do in this game is a grind. Look how many freaking characters we have, dude. Yeah,
1: a so, lot. And we're they're getting the ones that aren't keepsakes. their other ones are getting replaced right. normally.
2: <laughs> right. So if they were to streamline it and say, oh, you have to run in order to get the keys you need, you're going to have to run. 30 dungeons. You do realize that? Yeah, I fully realize that, and I'm effing fine with that. Sign me up. Sign me up. Cause I, Put me my, in, coach. that's what I'm doing for the weekend. And you know what? Yep. I know three other people who are going to jump right in and do it with me.
1: There you go.
3: Yep.
2: So,
1: just a thought. Oh, wow. Okay, I want to see all this fleshed out even more. Um, I look forward to seeing where this goes. I was going to say that. Uh, I would love to see more vendor-based items. That would be cool. Um, Alright, so to finish this article up, we got Ald, and this is the last bit of news. <laughs> Ald Carrick and Asterious Outpost update. What? Okay. Uh, the Battleground maps Ald Carrick and Asterious Outpost also receive new versions for specific game modes. Now when you play Ald Carrick in Team Deathmatch, capture the Relic, and Chaos Ball, you fight in a smaller or compact version of the map. For Asterius, we also made adjustments to the map for Deathmatch and Chaos Ball. These changes help ensure each map is better tailored to the different game modes. Also, making for an exciting and action-packed game.
2: Yes. This 100% equals Zoss is paying attention to these things. And they are playing these things. I guarantee you some of our devs, most likely including Finn, have gotten in there and... And played these things and went, you know, it would be better if we did this. And bingo bango blamo, it's in the game.
1: Yeah, it's I love the fact that they're doing that. Uh, when I first saw their make a change, like, oh my strategies but wait, 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 wait. In these battlegrounds, particularly for the kill focused objectives, there's too much dead space. It needs to be tightened up a little bit. You're con- there, you'll find yourself running, looking for people more than you will be actually killing people.
2: What was that one map in Call of Duty? Do you remember that? Like one of the? Eh, it was probably maybe five, six years ago. Call of Duty that came out. It was that short, little, tiny, choppy. Rust. Rust.
1: See, Rust is where you go to solve disputes. <laughs> That's what we called it. It's like you don't go that to the it. alleyway. Yeah. You go to Rust.
2: <laughs> that was it. God, I died yeah. a lot there. I died Man, so much. That hey. was a
1: lot of good memories right there. Yeah. Uh. Alright, well that's the news. We made it through. I'm proud of you for listening.
2: Y'all done. I'm proud of Cash. Real nice.
1: Y'all done real good, okay? Alright, well, it's that time where we bring back an old segment from the depths of I don't know, some kind of cave. But anyway, it's back and it's called Zone Chat. For those of you who are new listeners and you're listening and you don't know what the heck this is, uh, well, Long story short, we put a uh, question out to Twitter. And uh, (laughs) uh, show notes, apparently in all caps, Cash has to use the facilities. So it's just you and me for a few. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So anyway, we put a question out on Twitter. And uh, we incorporate some of your comments, questions, not questions, but uh, your responses right here into the show. So here was the question. With graphics ever advancing in gaming, how do you feel? *Elder Scrolls Online* is aging. Now, this kind of became a uh, really uh, busy post. Didn't take very long. Didn't take very long at all. There's a lot of good responses, and we picked uh, we picked a few out of the crowd here. So, first up the unseen cat says as older PC hardware is replaced with the new and a whole new generation of consoles is on the horizon. It's time to upgrade textures in the older zones and time to start taking more advantage of the GPU power in consoles and even lower end PCs and laptops. Now that being said, at the Elder Memes on Twitter also said the only thing that seems aged to me are the early armor and costume designs. Like the Dwemer, Agent Elf, original ordinator costume, and that's only because the newer designs look so good. And then finishing it up, Dr. Brandroid says, I find that there is an inconsistency to the graphics and the performance. Both could use some love. A top-tier system should be able to pull off sixty plus FPS at least in crowded areas, not 20 to 30. And sometimes textures are amazing, but a texture placed nearby will be awful. But it's still great, nonetheless. But my baby could use some TLC. All right, Cash, so you heard the responses.
2: How do you feel Elder Scrolls Online is aging? I personally think that the game is still absolutely gorgeous. And, like, I remember with when I was playing World of Warcraft a lot World of Warcraft was aged when it was born Does that make sense Yes it was aged when it was born and they had some small upgrades and stuff to the to the graphics engine and everything that made the game look better it made the textures look you know a little more crisp and a little more poppy but Elder Scrolls Online started off stunning and all these other zones that they've added are still gorgeous. Now, granted, you can tell the difference between some of the newer zones and some of the older zones when you really look close. But like I run I run my system I try to run my system top graphics all the time. And it is still blowing my mind. Like I am still take more screenshots of this game than any other game that I've ever played. It really is beautiful. And um, I don't think it's at the point to where anybody can truly say, unless you have the keenest of eyes or you work in the development industry, that this game is aging. Because it's not. I think this game is, number one, hit its stride content-wise. Yeah. And number yeah. two, the graphics continue to be better. The visuals continue to to blow my freaking mind. I mean, there's nobody out there that can, literally nobody, and if there is somebody arguing, then I'll punch you in the face. You cannot say that Somerset is not among the most beautiful gameplay of any MMO you've ever played. Now, granted, there are some MMOs out there that are gorgeous. Black Desert Online is a gorgeous game. Oh, yeah, man. Now, the one thing they... Absolutely hundred percent million percent lack is story and depth and lore doesn't cohesive n- story not that makes sense
1: and resonates there and
2: I don't give an S what you say at all. It ain't there. And it's the reason I came back to ESO and it latched on. So not only does ESO have like the one thing is absolutely not aging is its lore. It is there, it is evolving every single day. And the visuals, at zero point, have they made me think, yeah, this game's really, truly aging. I mean, you know, this is 2019, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Still one of the most gorgeous MMOs out there. And you can't say it's not.
1: Okay. Okay. Your thoughts? I feel you. I'm there with you for the most part. I, uh, I do... Okay, this game is beautiful, we've talked about it, you've heard me say it. That being said, there are certain parts of this game uh, that I do see age. I see age in the early armor sets, so the the Dark Elf, the High Elf, the Nord, um, you know, those base game armor sets. I see the age there, it's really kind of blatant mainly because of the pixelization that kind of is happening with those armors. Um sometimes you'll see it in the older zones, but even then it's not as prevalent to me as in the armor designs. I would love to see a pass a, a, a you know, a once over on the base game um armor sets. You know, kind of like when Warcraft did that with racials, uh, or they updated the races... um, uh, models. Right. I like to see a once-over on those uh, armor sets. Because the thing about Elder Scrolls Online is it's very rare when you're piecing together armor sets for the... If you're, you know, putting a costume together, it's very rare that you find pieces of armor from different motifs that work well together. Um, unless you color them correctly. Because and, and this is a unique thing to ESO, every armor set really does have its own vibe. It has its own life to it. It has its own texture. Some are shiny. Some are gruff looking. Some are you know ripped to shreds. Others are pristine. And so they're all going to have their own like material appearance. But when you get to those base game armor sets... It's it's really kind of
2: starts to stick out. You know, every once in a while you really impress me. That was one of those times. Okay, thanks. But yeah. Because you you are absolutely right. Like when I think about it, and I guess I don't put it in that perspective to where I say, you know, the base game stuff the base game armor kinda of blows. I don't think of it that way. I just think of it as and eh, I don't like that one. That one doesn't look like it's going to work for me. Sure, yeah. But you are absolutely correct. Like, the base game, the the um, the initial races, their specific armor types do look a little bit older and more plain. Rough. As, yeah, a little more rough than... A, a Big sp- and clunky. Especially since, you know, we have so much other oh content gosh. and all these other motifs coming out. You are yeah. absolutely right there. I can't argue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we want to know, you know, again, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Find that post and tell us, you know, we're still watching. We're still listening. What do you think? How is ESO aging to you? Do you see something different that we don't see? We want to hear from you. Twitter.com forward slash at lore seekers. Cast. I had to
2: think for a minute. <laughs> yeah, because like you like when I think about it, man. Like World of Warcraft. Okay, cat, stop scratching your ruining the recording. Um, <laughs> she's like literally sitting there, like itching her little kajidi ear, and it's making like. I like whenever they flap their ears because I hear. Um. So like when I think about about like World of Warcraft, yeah, and I look at their stuff. World of Warcraft now looks to me like it can be played on a mobile device.
0: That's uh, how, like, yeah.
1: that's how... Yeah, it does. That's how and that's shit a, the
2: graphics are. I'm sorry.
1: Dude, like, that's... You're, are, you're spot on, though. That's... You know what? To me, I don't even see that as a negative.
2: No, it'd be yeah, great if it was on
1: mobile. I'm just saying, like, it, it looks... There are mobile games that are better than that now.
2: Yeah, like, I look at it. In some parts, and think like that looks a lot like RuneScape. <laughs> There's an old school <laughs> RuneScape right there game called World of RuneScape.
1: There are games that are better looking than Warcraft on mobile. That's a, that's a fact. Uh, Scrolls Blades.
2: Oh yeah, for cheesy.
1: And that's not even fanboy talking. That's fact. Go look at it. And, I, and I'm not a hater.
2: Trust me, I am not a World of Warcraft hater at all. I've put in. I'm not. I've so many, many hours. hours
1: a lot of hours. The Dark, uh, what was it? Uh, Shadow Priest. That was me.
2: I almost yeah. got divorced over World of Warcraft. Just a little fun fact <laughs> about cash. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, like we said, you can always contact us uh, earlier in the show. You can always contact us, 765-382-6961. And also, you can email us, Podcast at gmail.com. My spot is done. I can take a breath. I can use the facilities. Get me a water.
2: Yeah. This episode is meaty. That's what she said. Lore lesson freaking 62, my friends. We have put in a metric crap ton of lore over the past year and some months. Which made me very, very surprised at the fact that we have not covered the eras, because we talk a lot about them. But this week, we are going to start covering the eras by covering the Dawn era. Now, basically, what I'm going to do is we're going to talk about the eras in succession as we go on. So we'll hit the Merithic in the first, the second, the third, fourth, blah, 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 blah understand we are going completely out of the Elder Scrolls timeline, at least for Elder Scrolls Online because the Elder Scrolls Online takes place in the Second Era. So, we're going to hit some of the bigger things that happened this week in the Dawn Era. Among the most confusing aspects of the Elder Scrolls is the concept of time. It can be a point of contention for many Seekers of Lore, Especially when we talk about Dragon Breaks and such, which we already have, and I'm going to try not to do too much of that tonight. But understanding when things actually took place can sometimes seem very daunting, as one story usually builds from another in the world of the Elder Scrolls. But in order to clear up some of the confusion, we're going to cover all the time periods. This week we're starting with the Dawn Era. The Beginning of Time. Well, at this time in the history of Elder Scrolls, there really wasn't time at all. But the Dawn Era didn't follow a timeline of sorts, as it was considered extremely non-linear. The laws of nature during this period were undefined. So any semblance of time was considered made up. It was considered artificial. So for this reason, there is no specific nomenclature for time within the Dawn Era. Nobody knows how long or how short it lasted. First fun fact. Speaking of time, and since we've most likely already confused some of you, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the Dragon Break. This is the only time, I swear, during this lore lesson we're going to talk about the Dragon Break. Maybe. A Dragon Break... ...is a phenomenon where linear time itself is broken... ...becoming non-linear. The dragon refers to Akatosh... ...the dragon god of time. A dragon break will literally challenge the comprehension of mortal beings. It means that multiple instances of time can be running parallel to each other. At some point... ...the time will flow back into one timeline forcing the parallel experiences back into one. I'm so sorry if this is confusing. (laughs) Although one may have experienced something in history on one plane of time during a dragon break, another person may have completely experienced something different on another parallel plane during that same dragon break. So when the timeline of a dragon break comes back together... Those two individuals may share their experiences, although they may be vastly different experiences, both person's experiences are considered true. So basically what it means is time flows in one single continuum. A dragon break happens and breaks those continuums into multiple timelines that run parallel. Different things can happen on each one of those different parallels so when the Dragon Break comes back together into one timeline, each person that experienced different things on all those different parallels is considered true to lore. That's why Dragon Breaks are so damn confusing. Okay, They're so confusing. <laughs> eh! Get over it. I totally know, because I confuse myself every time I wrote this crap. Anyway. <laughs> In the beginning... <laughs> Legends uh, tell of two different entities who appeared in the Void and became conflicted with one another. Now, what is the Void? The Void is the dark area outside of any known realms some consider it to be Oblivion itself. But these two different entities, referred to by different names but considered the same by many different races of Tamriel... Represent the relationship between order and chaos. For the auspices of our lore lesson tonight, we will refer to these entities by their traditional elven personification, Anu and Padme. Padme? Close, but no cigar. (laughs) It's Padome. (laughs) Sorry, I had to be done. Yeah, I did the same thing. Okay. Anu sometimes referred to as Anu the everything, is said to be the most basic form of stasis. Patame is referred to as the darkness and the quintessential form of change and chaos within the void. Patame is sometimes considered the very personification of Sithis, the patron of the Dark Brotherhood. As the legend is told... Time itself began when these two forces, Anu and Patame, entered the void. The conflict that arose between the two led to the very creation of Nir. Fun fact Nur not Nern Nur and I R was the creation resulting from the interplay between Anu and Patame the light and the dark, respectively speaking. Don't worry. I will explain. Nur, who was manifested as a female, delighted both Anu and Patame. So Nur was a being, mm-hmm. not a human, not a beast race, nothing like that. Nur was a being. Manifested as a female, and she sparked the fancy of both Anu and Padme. However, Nur fell in love with Anu, which really pissed off Padme. Don't forget, Padme may be the manifestation of Sithis himself. So as a result, Padme attacked Nur. Nur. Because he attacked Ner and injured her incredibly badly, he was banished from time by Anu, who loved Nur. Nur was severely wounded by the attack by Padme, but managed to give birth to 12 worlds of creation before she died of her injuries. Still angered, Padme attacked and shattered all 12 Of her children, all twelve of these worlds. Anu was able to fight off Patame and salvage Nur's creation by combining the remaining pieces of the twelve worlds. And in combining these remnants, you can probably guess they were used to form Nern, the planet on which Elder Scrolls takes place.
1: Such a cool mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like a bad
2: episode of The Bachelor.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thank you for completely, completely dumbifying my lore lesson. <laughs> well played, sir. The next fun Thank fact you. the word nern has a literal translation of gray, maybe, as in the color. Gray, maybe. And that is translated from the Elnifex, which is the ancient language of the Elnifei that was passed down to the earliest races in the Elder Scrolls. We'll talk a little bit more about the Elnifei. Relentlessly, Padame returned once again to attempt destroying all of creation, but was fought off by Anu. Anu pulled himself and Padame both out of time itself. Just shucked them right out of it ending the threat to this creation remaining within creation however were the many spirits of both entities so during the battle with Padme Anu's blood was spilled and that became the stars all the little tiny droplets of blood of Anu became the stars Anu's blood coupled with the spilled blood of Patame, combined to form the Aedra the chaos between the light and the dark is said to have created the Arbus. The Arbus is seen as a wheel in which Mundus is the hub. So if you picture a wagon wheel, Mundus is the hub and the empty spaces within the spokes are the very planes of oblivion. The empty space beyond is the void and the rim itself contains the the realms of Etherius ...or the mortal plane. Fun fact. Aetherius, also known as the immortal plane... ...is the origin of all magic and the arcane arts. The stars and the sun in the sky... ...are thought to be the holes... ...into... ...are thought to be holes into Aetherius... ...left by the various spirits. We're going to get into that a little bit more. The eight spokes of the wheel connecting the edge of the hub represent the original eight divines so each spoke creates a space there are eight spaces those eight spaces represent the divines who played a major part in creation the divines are also depicted as planets orbiting Nern, and its moons in the center portion of the arbus magnus was known as the architect and he is depicted as the sun that was created when Magnus, a god himself, fled the realm of Mundus to Aetherius after Nern's creation, where the stars were formed by the Magna Gi, or the children of Magnus, who followed him. Time actually begins when the first god, the dragon god of time, Akatosh, forms. From this formation, other notable spirits began to take physical form and became aware of themselves, with a past and a future. The strongest of these spirits began to crystallize during this time within the creation of Mephala, Arke, Ifray, Magnus, and Ruptaka. Let's talk a little bit about Lorcan's plan. I know this is deep, deep, deep stuff. This is
1: really meaty. Yes,
2: we'll talk a little bit about a little bit about Lorcan. During Lorcan, during this time, a Padamaic being, which is a being of Patame, the Darkness. Remember, this being enters the fray, and details of his plan for the creation of a mortal realm, called Mundus. Mundus would lie in the center of the Arbus, or the hub of the wheel that we talked about. Kinnereth, the goddess of the heavens, winds, and the elements, was the first to agree to Lorcant's plan, and she even made space for its creation within the void. Many of the Adra and the gods joined together and contributed their own power to bring Lorcan's vision to fruition Magnus would serve as the architect of this new world Ariel would join the construction with the promise Of being made this new world's king Fun fact Several other prominent Patoomaic spirits Dark spirits Didn't like the idea of a mortal realm Jibs, can you tell me what they became?
1: Uh No, I know they oppose the idea themselves, but I can tell you this. Reading further on, these spirits are known as Daedric Princes. Yes,
2: they are. Many of these spirits adamantly opposed the idea. They did not like Lorcan's plan. They thought it was crap. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. <laughs> they created worlds within themselves. Daedric realms. Today, these spirits are known as the Daedric Princes. All of this is obviously considered pretty big news in the development of Elder Scrolls. During this time, which we call the Dawn Era, several other critical events took place. So let's kind of dive into those a little bit. During the Dawn Era, the first runestones appeared in Cyrodiil. Believed to be Lorcan's birthing gifts to the mortal race, the Cyrodiilic runestones appeared during the Dawn Era. These rune-stones were rune-covered monoliths in the center of a circle of large stones. The stones glow green and provide a bonus to weapons and armor when used. Birth sign and heaven stones grant one of several powers specific to each stone to the user. Adric Sacrifices Most of the Adra who sacrifice themselves in the creation of Mundus either die or are severely crippled by their contributions to its creation during the Dawn Era. Many exist as mere shadows of their former selves, as the mortal plane of existence becomes unstable. The new lands become a chaotic place, where time follows no clear path and decay becomes an obvious side effect. Aging. So where the Ager and the Daedra are timeless... The mortal races of Mundus become, have the ability to die. For many of these reasons, Lorcan's plan is seen as a failure because these are not perfect beings. They can age, they can oxidize, they can die. So Lorcan's plan is seen as a failure, and hatred and resentment toward him begin to grow. Now, fun fact. Regretful of his contributions, Ariel begged to Anu to take him back into the Arbus. Like, I'm out. This is screwed. I want my divinity back. But the soul of Anu, named Anuel, instead grants Ariel his bow and shield to protect the ancient Aldmer from Lorcan's own creation of men. Ariel would found the very first kingdoms of the Altmer, Altmora, and the old Elnifay, the old gods.
1: My gosh, there's a whole lot of what moments in this.
2: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. When you, like, absorb this stuff, it makes a ton of sense at how Mundus was created. The escape of Magnus. Now, this one's really cool. During the Dawn Era, Magnus, the architect, would abandon Mundus with his children. The Magna Ghee. They would follow behind him. So he left because he was, he was done. I have given all I can give to the creation of this Mundus. I'm out. So he travels back to Aetherius. And in doing so, he creates holes in the very fabric of the universe, which creates the sun and the stars. The tears created... Allow for the... in. The, I'm sorry. That is so stupid of me. The tears created <laughs> from his hasty retreat and that of his children allow for the influx of magic on the face of Nern. That is where the magic comes from, my friends. The tears in the very yeah. fabric of reality that was caused by Magnus and his children retreating from the mortal realm that is some deep crap right there dudes
1: that's yeah that's one of my favorite bits of lore and as far as yeah. like the starting of time and all that stuff you know when it, when it comes to eso how magicka came to be right in the world
2: it's such a good study. that's it that is it right there yep. so now let's talk a little bit about Lorecan and his fall Lorcan is shattered Lorcan during this time in the first era or in the uh, uh, dawn era is bested in battle by Ariel's greatest champion, Trinimac. If you don't like poop jokes, you might want to turn this off. On the battlefield, Lorcan is knocked down in front of his army, and his heart is literally removed by Trinimac, undoing the god of mortals. It is said that upon this act, Lorcan loses his divine spark. And when rain falls for the first time, shiagorath is born. This theory coincides with the Daedric Prince's growing apprehensive about Jigalag, the Daedric Prince of Order. Follow me. It is said that the other Daedric Prince's tran- transformed Jigalag into shiagorath cursing him with madness and disorder, as punishment, because. Jigalag's thing was order. He was a straight shooter. And it really pissed off the other Daedric princes. So they literally turned him into Sheagorath. Madness and disorder. To punish him. Wow. Yeah. Also during the Dawn Era, the first secret is told. And of course... This has to do with our beloved Khajiit. According to Khajiit legend, Azura speaks, to, she speaks the first secret to the moons of Masser and Secunda, allowing her to transform the ancient and suffering forest people into the Khajiit. If Rey hears the first secret and in turn transforms his own group of forest people into the Bosmer. The Elnifay, the old gods at war. Also occurring during the Dawn Era, Nern is locked in a war between the Marys and the Wanderers. The old Elnifay known now known in modern Tamriel, lies in ruins. The remaining Wanderers, they'd lost their home. They're relegated to Atmora, Yokuda, and Akavar. A majority of the lands of the Hist during this time are destroyed, leaving only the Black Marsh for the Hist to dwell. Also in the Dawn Era, the Aldmer become Aldmerys. The Aldmer of Somerset Isle were desperate to find their ancient home and develop magical waystones, which always point in one certain direction. Now this harkens back to the stones that guided Topol the pilot the very first adventurer and traveler of Tamriel in hopes of aiding their quest to rediscover their ancient homeland so remember all the things with Topol the pilot which was another lore lesson we did incredibly interesting lore lesson
1: yeah it was that was a good he
2: one. Uh, him and his other sea bearing ship captains were guided by these magical waystones Okay, the Dwemer and the Divine Also happening within the Dawn Era The Dwemer began to study the ways Of the ancient Elnifay Specifically the process Of becoming the Profane I couldn't find any more on that I was like, what the hell does that mean? Hmm. Also within the, the uh, Dawn Era, the Dereni Towers Created, so when Magnus The Architect departed Mundus After he was done creating it Or at least being the Architect for its creation the world began to become more real and less conceptual. This is when races actually became mortal. The Etada, which were known as the individual gods of Tamriel, built a great tower in which to meet to discuss the future of Mundus and also the fate of Lorcan. It is here that the physical, temporal, spiritual, and magical elements of Nern are set in place. Now, the Dereni Tower will, will also become you know, known by many, many other names over the history, but it originated as the Dereni Tower. This made the development of mortals follow slow, comprehensible paths, which includes death. This speaks to the differentiation of the people of Tamriel. Myrrh are now born into different races, The Dwemer... Also known as the Deep Ones The Chimer, the Changed Ones The Bosmer, the Green or Forest Ones The Altmer, the Elder or High Ones This fracturing that took place at the Dureni Tower Of the Aldmer racial lines Is also known as the Sundering of Altmerys Some remaining Elnifay will become beast races And humans in Ner. So, the races of Nord the races of Breton and then the beast races, which are the orcs, the Khajiit and what else did I miss? And the um, Argonians. Um, okay. So all uh, other Elnafe sacrifice themselves into other forms and stay to attempt to salvage Mundus.
3: Oh,
1: Wow. I'm just going to say this. Summarize that lore lesson. Quote chat member Miss Von James Stein says, this makes Greek mythology look basic AF. It truly
2: In, does. End quote. And I'm, I'm wow. not going to lie to you. It took me about three days to put this together. This is the... This is the Cliff's Notes of the Dawn era. Oh it's incredibly gosh. deep, my friends. But that was a majority of it for you.
1: You know, what's funny is, um, I studied, uh, some of that, um, with the Tales of Tamriel book. and I mean, I read through, I read through it pretty extensively, but even those books cover a portion of what we just went over. Like this was so much more expansive than those, than those books. And it's
2: about time we've covered it.
1: Yeah. It yeah. Is. No, it was, that was good. That was real good. Thank you. Good job. buddy. Thank you. Good job. Well, everybody, we hope you enjoyed this meaty episode of Lore Seekers. It's good to be back on the airwaves. And, uh, you know, if you, we hope you leave a review. If you're enjoying the show, we hope you leave a review on whatever app you're using, whatever it is. We hope you're leaving reviews for us. But if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, well, we show you some love with a shout-out on the show. And uh, we've got a couple here. First one from uh, Jay Ross Jr., is from the USA. It says, So I just found y'all's podcast, and my new favorite thing to do while playing ESO is to listen to your podcast and just learn more and more about the Lauren stuff. It's funny, though, because obviously I'm playing with all the updates, but I just had to start at the beginning. I will most certainly listen to every single episode. I'm a student, so once work, schoolwork and house chores are done, I have tons of time for gaming. And now for listening to the only podcast I've ever, ever been able to get into. Thank you so much. Well,
2: thank you so much. That's cool. Appreciate that. That's so cool. The other ones are really good though, too. Give them a chance. Oh yeah. Great content for ESO right now, friends.
1: Content's good. Yep. I'm glad you... You we are able to listen to the show and get in the show. So thanks. <laughs> uh, this is coming to us from Indy De- Owens, 04, from the USA. It says, love the lore and how you guys tell stories in some of the episodes. Also puts a smile on my face at work when I hear one insult the other at times. <laughs> it's all love. I swear. I hate them so much. Uh, well, thank you both thank so much. You. We really appreciate your reviews; those are awesome. Uh, you can always call us again if you know if you want to be featured in the fan mail segment. Um, as long as it doesn't contain you know things that we can't play on the air, try to keep around a minute or less. Seven six five three eight two sixty nine sixty one. You can email us as well: loreseekerspodcast at gmail Now, if you're looking to be a part of the official community, and we have one heck of a unique. Community over at the Lord Seekers Guild. Well, you are more than welcome to join us. Lord dot Podcast.com forward slash guild. Download Discord, join our Discord server, and uh, apply by typing slash apply in the apply to guild channel. You'll receive your application via DM on Discord. Now, you can listen to this show wherever podcasts are free. Wherever it's free, we're there. We don't have premium content, we have freemium. Wait, I don't know if I think it's that's still paid i don't know anyway it's free you can listen so there's that cash where where can they find us
2: you can find us on twitter you can find jibs at jibs i-r-l you can find cash lore seeker cash and the cash is with a k but most importantly you can follow the show on twitter at lore seekers cast on instagram at lore seekers and right here on twitch twitch.tv slash lore seekers podcast
1: that's awesome everyone you we hope you have a great week We hope that everything awesome that you deserve happens to you. Stay safe. Be awesome to each other. We love you. We'll be back next week. Take care.
2: Dilly freaking dilly. Mementos, the Freshmaker. Episode 8. The next two weeks was wrought with activity on the group's expedition in pursuit of Abner Thorne. The party had to balance tracking the High Chancellor and keeping an eye on Singetail, who had clearly been stricken with noxophilic sanguivoria. There was no doubt he had been afflicted with the disease during his run-in with the Nocturnal Vampire in that cave system in Valenwood. The worst part was there were no healers for many miles... And purge blood salts would be near impossible to find in the region they were currently traversing. So, Jibs and Cash did what they could to facilitate Singe's feedings. He was actually doing quite well feeding on the available wildlife, which seemed to cull his newly acquired murderous tendencies. Singe tail seemed to be doing fine. His energy was up, the fever systems had subsided, and he had actually seemed very interested. In maintaining this lower level of affliction, it almost appeared as if he was enjoying it. The increased senses, the boon to his level of stealth, and the increased brute force in his combat prowess was quite impressive. These new skills actually made tracking Tharn much easier. The problem was, Singetail would need to constantly have access to fresh blood because if he missed a feeding... there was no telling what he was capable of doing. Those newly afflicted with noxophilic sanguivoria... were just too unpredictable. For now... deer and elk would just have to suffice. Tharn continued his trek through southern elsewhere solo... until last evening... when he met back up with the impressive-looking Altmer ranger from Daggerfall. In addition... A hooded female kajit was among the party. She was black-furred, small and lean in appearance. She wore medium leathers with a bow on her back... and dual daggers hanging from her belt. Even from a distance, the female's gait displayed that she was a quite skilled combatant... but with an air of grace. It was difficult to explain, and made her that much more intriguing to the party especially Singetail, whose ears and tail perked up immediately upon seeing her for the first time. The trio continued their trek through the forest lands of southern elsewhere, but this time by horse and cart. In constant pursuit from a safe distance, as to not alert their quarry, was Singetail, Krindar, Jibs, and Cash. The group had to keep a swift pace to stay on their trail, but the tracks laid by the horse and cart made it relatively easy. In the early morning hours, on a warm Sundas, Singetail, Crin, Jibs, and Cash reached a small summit just above the Great Divide, where Tharn and his companions had been traveling. This particular area of southern elsewhere was called the Kinral Peninsula. It was located near the iconic Khajiit city of Senchal, The massive landmass juts out to the east and into the Topal Sea. The cart and horse had been stowed on the side of the road. It appeared the party had abandoned their mode of transportation and had disappeared into the deep jungle on the eastern side of the road. The foursome increased their pace to keep up with Tharn and his companions. From their vantage point, the jungle appeared quite dense and they knew they risked losing Tharn if they didn't catch their trail quickly. The horse was hitched to a tree near the cart, with a full hay bale and trough of water at her side. It looked like Tharn and his companions planned a long trek into the forest. The horse whinnied as Singetail, Krindar, Cash, and Jeb's passed her, following the footprints in the silt leading into the dense forest. Oh... Will this trail ever end? Singetail said in frustration. The party had been following the tracks for the better part of two hours. The dank jungle coupled with the heat of the midday sun began to suppress the energy of the group. But they knew they were on the right path. The sets of three distinct tracks in the moist jungle floor on a well-traveled game trail told them so. Up and down small hills around twisting and turning switchbacks. The trail was mostly covered by the jungle's canopy. They only stopped once at a small brook and took water before continuing the trek into the dense jungle. The sound of the jungle filled their ears. The insects biting and the penetrating humidity were impossible to ignore. Their focus was impenetrable. Well, right up until they heard it. "'Ariel's breath!' Jib said, "'without even trying to control his volume. "'What... was... that?' Cash followed as he looked at his companions with fright. Singetail was the first to move. He sprinted into the jungle, motioning for his friends to follow. Beams of light penetrating the jungle's canopy flashed like strobe lights as the party tried to keep up with Singetail's blinding speed. He was pulling away from the party but they kept on his trail as he deftly moved under low branches and overtop moss-laden deadfall on the jungle floor. Ahead, the shadows of the jungle gave way to light, clearing. Singetail stopped in his tracks, showering damp soil for several feet in front of him. He stood there dumbfounded, staring at a massive ancient structure just a couple hundred yards away. The rest of his companions caught up and froze the second they too saw the sight before them. The ruins were set into the face of a cliff overgrown by moss, trees, and foliage. A long, ornately designed stone bridge spanned a small hidden lake leading to the entrance of the ruin. A massive stone door with the depiction of some sort of winged demon appeared to lead into the ruin. The companions were speechless. For several moments, they stood surveying the ancient ruin. Jibs? Could this possibly be... Cash uttered in a low tone. I don't know, Cash, Jibs answered. Could be what? Krindar questioned looking at both jibs and cash. The hulls of Colossus, Singetail lamented in a low, emotionless tone. What? Prindar said, horrified, as an even more horrifying sight appeared. Over the edge of a cliffside, a massive dragon appeared to be ascending into the sky, its enormous wings flapping slowly but effectively as it climbed in altitude. Behind it, several dragons of varying size took flight, each one letting out an ear-piercing roar as they climbed into the skies over elsewhere. Frozen in time, the companions stood, mouths agape as they watched the ancient dragons fly over their heads. They stood as still as a field mouse with a hawk flying overhead, but didn't have time to find concealment. The sight of the dragons was so rare and out of place, it was as if for a short moment they couldn't process a rational thought. There they watched. The group was completely in the open, but the dragons didn't attack. Even though several of the escaping beasts definitely spotted the foursome, the dragons ignored them and continued to ascend into the morning sky. At that moment, however, the terrifying yet serene moment was broken with the sound of a frantic voice. The four companions couldn't quite make out what was being said, but they saw three figures running toward them at a clip. A warrior clad in ornate leathers, a dark-furred Khajiit, and an old man in gaudy robes sprinted the span of the bridge and headed directly to them. Run! The old man yelled, just as a large red-scaled dragon appeared on the ridgeline. The group needed no more explanation at the sight of the beast. They fell in behind the old man and his two followers and darted into the forest.